Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, really excited about this. I'm going to get into a little bit of the playoff preparation and what is going on for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. And welcome, everyone, to chat. How's it going? Joel is already throwing in the score prediction. 49ers. Niners. Big one for Joel. What's up, Donald? How's it going? And hey, yo, Jan. Hey, yo. A little bit better for you right there. But yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I want to talk about where the 49ers are headed as far as preparation. And of course, it's Thursday, which means it's live Q&A. So fill up chat all throughout with your you know, topics, conversations, questions, whatever you got. Let's have a fun one. But let's talk a little bit about what the 49ers are doing right now You know, as far as preparation. Because I think they're already in the middle of that playoff preparation. I know they still have a couple of games left here. One against the the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sure they want to win. Another against the Arizona Cardinals. And the 49ers are still jockeying, you know, for position in the playoffs. But I want to go through a little bit of the, you know, preparation that they're going in. And I think one of the first things to look at is Javon Kinlaw. Um, Javon Kinlaw being back and then working him back in is in preparation for the playoffs. And exactly what he's going to be in the playoffs is going to be determined over the next several weeks. We got our first look at him against the Washington Commanders, 16 snaps, a couple of pivotal plays. But, you know, what is it going to look like against the Raiders? What's it going to look like against the Cardinals? Those are going to give us a great idea of what kind of an impact Javon Kinlaw is going to make. And the 49ers are seeing what kind of impact he's going to make for their team and how they can use him in the playoffs. Because we know when you get to the playoffs, it's all about running the football. It's all about playing good defense. And Kinlaw is one of those ones that can stop the run, and he can help the 49ers defense. So they're working him back in. They're going to want to get his snaps up a little bit. I don't think it's going to be too much. Get him in that 30 to 35 range heading into the playoffs. 
He's going to be able to help stop the run. I think that's very important for the 49ers is that is the impact that Javon Kinlaw is likely to make for this 49ers roster. So working Kinlaw back in is the first part of it. And what's up, everyone in chat? How's it going? And what's up, Paul? Welcome to chat. Jay Ellie, how's it going? And let's go, Knowles, Ant knows. There you go, Jay Ellie. Uh, I I'm with you on that. So, yeah, I mean, Joel says pitch count for the last two games for Kinlaw. You're right. They're going to keep him on a pitch count. They have an exact process at which they want to do this. They wanted close to 15 plays in his first matchup against the Commanders. Then they're probably going to elevate that about five you know, to 10 plays. I'm expecting it to be around 20 plays for Javon Kinlaw against the Raiders. And then against the Cardinals, that's where I'm expecting it to get to 25. So that way when they get to the playoff game, that first wild card matchup, whoever it is, he can be ready to play 30 snaps and help the 49ers defense stop the run. I don't look for him to play too many pass downs, but, you know, early on in downs, he could still be one of those guys that helps for sure on early downs, and I think that's very important. Uh, and uh, Gallo209 says, how's it going, big dog? Shout out from Modesto, California, 209. 49ers are going to smash the Raiders. Shout out uh, to Jose, super Raider fan. Oh, well done. And and Gallo uh, repping the, the 209 from the 209 as well, so... Uh, Modesto, love it. Uh, welcome and, and thanks for the shout out, Gallo. Really appreciate that. And what's up, Jose, the Super Raider fan? I I hope you don't enjoy Sunday very much, uh, Jose. I hope you I hope you hate it. In fact, if you're watching, then the second part is a, something that happened today. So in our playoff preparation, it's about getting Kinlaw back, and then today it started uh, with Debo Samuel reacclimating Debo Samuel into the offense. So I talked a little bit about this, you know, in one of the other episodes. I think I was talking about it with Cover 2 with Warren, which came out today. Uh, if you haven't checked it out after this live stream, go back and watch Cover 2 with me and Warren. We had some good conversations about, you know, some of this stuff. But getting Debo reacclimated is not as easy as just putting him back on the field and saying, hey, we did this, you know, for a, a few weeks. Because you have moving parts. Uh, number one, you have Brock Purdy, who's gotten more and more comfortable in this offense and more and more comfortable playing with certain playmakers. But also you've had other guys take on roles, whether that was Ray Ray McLeod, you know, taking on some of the Debo roles, including like the end of round that we saw in the game, or maybe even some of those quick screens, or if it has been George Kittle being a bigger part of this offense, you know, Christian McCaffrey taking on a bigger role in some games, you have to reacclimate Debo Samuel into this offense and the way you do that is just through reps. So him coming back to practice doesn't mean ultimately he's going to play against the Raiders. I mean, he could. I look for this to be more about Arizona. I think it's going to – Arizona game could look a lot like a preseason matchup where you go in there and you're really trying to get that chemistry and really trying to get some cohesiveness for your offense just to make sure you stay sharp. Now, things could change, right? If there's a huge position – seeding-wise, that is on the line. The 49ers could look you know, to play more. I think in the grand scheme of things, they would love to be able to play half the game with most of their starters, three quarters potentially, and then rest everyone for the fourth quarter as far as significant starters to make sure they go into the playoffs healthy. I don't know if that's a pipe dream because we don't know exactly what Arizona is going to put forth. They're going to have J.J. Watt in his last football game as he's set to retire. I think there's going to be a lot of motivation there, but the motivation for Kyle Shanahan is to get – uh, Debo Samuel reacclimated and get them used to playing together again. You were getting used to seeing Christian McCaffrey and Debo in the backfield together. Some of the things they were doing, the way that they were taking attention away from defense. As soon as you remove Debo Samuel out of the equation, it changed a little bit. You, you started relying on different pieces. You ran plays a little bit differently. And I think that is one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing what Kyle does to reinsert Debo. And then what kind of chemistry he's developed with Brock Purdy. You know, I mean, you see it, you know, some of that can happen in the locker room, through the film room, just them getting to know each other. Uh, but body language, knowing how they run routes, you know, being able to understand their chemistry uh, that way is very important. I mean, Steve Young and Joe Montana talked so much, they knew what Jerry was going to do just by body language. So understanding someone's speed, the way someone runs routes, their body language, all that is very important. And that's what the 49ers want to do. And we did get a super chat from Traffic said what up tcc yeah that's that's a really good one thanks so much traffic for the gift i really appreciate the chat and then jan says kinlaw will free up the rest of the guys he will he's gonna make it a lot easier he's gonna eat up double teams and what him and eric armstead are gonna do is keep you know uh 
linemen off of the linebackers are going to be able to flow free and make tackles, and that's important. And if you're able to stop the run with just seven, um, that means you have plenty of guys for coverage, and that's when you can be the best possible you know defense that you can. Uh, and Joel says, I hope Mitchell and Debo get activated for the Cardinals. Yeah, I think both of them should be. I, I look for Mitchell's window to open here pretty soon. And then for, you know, for Debo, I mean, he can just come back whenever. I expect to see him probably in some limited snaps against Arizona. We kind of get an idea of what that offense is going to look like, um, at least to a little bit of a point, you know, but I don't think it's going to be the full thing. But just, you know, getting in there. Paul says, looking and hoping to see lunch bucket attitudes among the 49ers in these next two games. Let's get to work. I think the mentality of this football team are going to be players that want to consistently work hard. They they don't want to be done. They want to win football games. They want to go into the playoffs on a 10-game winning streak. They definitely do. They want to get after it, and uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they can get after it and, get, and be excited. I believe, says Brock is a baller. I'm sure he has been studying the offense all year. Oh, he definitely has. Uh, there's just some things that come with reps, and he got some of them during training camp. He definitely got some chemistry with Debo, and we saw it a little bit in the games, especially at Tampa Bay before he got hurt. You've seen him kind of finding Debo, locating him. So there's something there. It's just kind of just knocking that rust off and getting him you know, back into the right position. Uh, I believe says Debo needs to sit out this week at a few snaps next week just to be game ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's the belief, and I think that's why the 49ers are going you know, with their playoff preparation is they're really working that direction of working these guys back in. It's Kinlaw, it's Debo. Next week, hopefully, it's Elijah Mitchell, potentially maybe even Kevin Givens, even though Givens seems like more of a wild card. And I don't think it's really as tough to get a rotational defensive lineman, you know, back reacclimated into, you know, the defense because it's less about timing. You're going to get timing with stunts and things like that. Um, but most of the timing involves the offense. And so I think it's a little bit easier to get into, you know, the defensive line. Now, another thing that's very pivotal in this preparation is Brock Purdy's reps. You're talking about a guy, yeah, he played a lot of college football, but he didn't play a lot of NFL football. He's looked fantastic in his four games that he's played, the three starts, and then, of course, coming in in relief against Miami. He's looked fantastic. But he's going to continue to need those reps, and you're going to want those reps in these games. Now, it would have been a little bit more important against the Raiders if they were still in the thick of the playoffs, if they had Derek Carr, like it would have been a, a much bigger matchup with Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman, but you still want him to take advantage of what he sees, the looks that he's going to get, and he's probably going to get blitzed a lot this week against the Raiders. Uh, there's a Ryan on the staff, you know what I mean? Anytime you got a, a Ryan, uh, like you know Rex Ryan or Rob Ryan or Buddy Ryan, it don't really matter. They're going to blitz you if you're Ryan. So I think he's going to get some looks. The things I just finished my uh, recording. The, the scouting report video, I'm going to put that up as soon as I go off air from this live. I'm going to put the scouting report video over on Patreon. You guys can check that out. I broke it down and I, I saw what they were doing coverage-wise. And really, they were very simplistic against Cody Pickett because he's a rookie quarterback. I wonder if they try to do that again against Brock Purdy. I think if they do, they're going to get absolutely cut to shreds. But uh, it's, it's one of those things that Kyle Shanahan has to navigate through is getting Brock Purdy reps all the while making sure you protect him and keep him safe. I, I think that you know he'll play the entire game against the Raiders at minus getting up big and taking advantage of the Raiders that way. Uh, but I think if it's you know within a touchdown or two touchdowns, he'll play the entire game. I think when we get to Arizona is when you start thinking about resting him, and I would think that would happen sometime around the beginning of the fourth quarter uh, because I think you need to make sure Brock Purdy can get all the reps he could possibly get. Really, really important. To do that um having fun in chat right now uh oh wow donald johnson did jay ellie did alex follow mike mcdaniel to the dolphins is that why i saw those dolphin jerseys no i'm just kidding uh he did not and, and what's up Forktail? how's it going says let's go tcc love it uh, so yeah that's that's where we're at right now um I'm I'm enjoying the chat so far. You guys are really rolling right there. Gallo says, no more Debo in the backfield. We just need a run with the three-headed dragon in the backfield. McCaffrey, Mitchell, and Jordan. Um, I don't know how many carries you're going to get from Debo Samuel Gallo, uh, but I can guarantee you that he's going to have carries in the backfield. Kyle Shanahan, they re-signed Debo Samuel 
to be an offensive weapon, not to be just a wide receiver, but an absolute weapon. I don't think it's going to be consistent. I think they're going to want to run into rounds. I think they're going to want to get matchups with him coming out of the backfield against linebackers and safeties. I think that's how they use him. A dual threat, him and back there with Christian McCaffrey. Who's the running back on this? Are they both running backs? Could we get some you know interesting action with them? I, I just think that's the case. I, I think that you're going to get you know, Debo in the backfield. And, you know, it's one of those things where Debo's a football player. You know what I mean? And he that play that he got hurt on was an outside zone. He cut up the field. I just think we're going to see it. And Traffic says, any update on Jordan Mason this week? Yeah, he's been limited in practice with the hamstring. So they're still monitoring the hamstring, making him take it nice and easy. Uh, expect Jordan Mason to carry the football in this game. I think that he's, you know, he felt like he was ready to go last week. They were careful with it because he was it was closer to a game time decision. I believe they actually made a decision on him Friday before the game. So this time they'll have a better idea of where the hamstring was. Last week it was so fresh happening on Wednesday. So I think Jordan Mace is going to be good to go. I expect him to fill that number two role again behind Christian McCaffrey. And I think the 49ers are going to have opportunities to run the football against this Raiders defense. So uh, Jordan Mason could have a big impact on this game. I wouldn't even be surprised if we don't see him and uh, TDP both carry the football along with Christian McCaffrey because I think they're going to start to monitor you know, Christian McCaffrey's reps. And one thing the 49ers need to continue to do, and that's why you know their, Kyle Shanahan mentioned that he's going to play you know his starters. He doesn't feel like sitting people out really benefits your team when you get to the playoffs. You can get you know rusty and have to deal with it. Is to stay sharp. That's part of the you know part of the playoff preparation is staying sharp, making sure that all your guys you know are on top of their game. You know they're out there, they're executing, they're playing well. You know they're doing what they should do, and you know you've seen little hiccups here and there that make you understand this team is not all the way there. They're not a finished product, even though they're playing at you know one of the highest levels in the entire league. They're not a finished product yet. You had you know the couple mistakes from um, Mike McGlinchey. You know, the week before you had Trent Williams going offsides. Those things have to be cleaned up. You know, the turnover that Jawan Jennings had, you know, the interception. You have to make sure you don't make those mistakes when you get in the playoffs. Uh, so you're going through and you're working on those things and you want to stay sharp. So you want to put in a full game plan, execute that game plan, and you're hoping, you know, that you execute it at a higher, high enough level that when you get to the end of the game, you can roll out some of those, you know, second teamers and then go execute. But it's more important to stay sharp and play at a high level and execute know your plays and execute your assignments on defense than it is to rest players uh one of the worst things that can happen is just going in there rusty so and we've seen it before i mean the, the the packers and the titans last year didn't make it out of the first round and they both had a i mean i'm sorry the divisional round and they both had a first round bye so remembering that you know, you've got to be leery if you rest in week 18 and then you have a bye you could that's two weeks that's a lot if you rest in week 18 you don't know exactly what's going to happen if the team you're playing and Probably going to be a tough team, you know, that had to battle all their way to get into the wild card. Last year, the 49ers were on the other side. They had to week 18, second, you know, second half comeback to beat the Rams. You have to do whatever you can to get in there. That's when you're dangerous because you're firing on all cylinders because you had to. It was necessary. So, um, yeah, just remember that. Um, Jan says Debo in the backfield and CMC in the slot. I think it's going to happen some. They should do a motion play where Debo and CMC switch places. I think that's coming. I think they're going to do a lot of a lot of things. Uh, uh, Forkel says, I, I myself would like to wait one more week with Debo. I think it is. I think they're going to wait until Arizona. I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, Jay Elise's thoughts on Titans starting quarterback tonight, these Thursday night games. Uh, and thanks so much, Randy Martinez, for the new subscription. Welcome to the 49ers Cutback crew. Really excited to have you aboard. So thank you so much. Um, I think, you know, the, the Titans are pretty much resting everybody. They're 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 preparing for that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thursday night games are interesting. You know, anything can happen. Normally, there are more, you know, it's usually better for the home team, but you just never know. Um, but, yeah, expect the Cowboys to get the victory tonight and, you know, keep the pressure on Philly, and we'll see what Philly can do, you know, in the next, uh, next this next couple weeks and see if they can win a game and secure that number one seed. I think they have the best opportunity to do so, but we'll see. A Forkel says, we still got Arizona to get Debo some uh, game time before playoffs. Yep, that's when it's going to happen. I'm I'm in it with you. Uh, Nico says, final four, Bills, Chiefs, Niners, Eagles for championship games. 
I think that sounds pretty good. Uh, you know, there there is a couple of teams in there, right? Some wild card teams you have to consider that could get into that matchup. I think in the AFC, you know, potentially Cincinnati. If Cincinnati matches up with the Chiefs, for whatever reason, they play really well against the Chiefs. And then I think on the NFC side, depending on matchup, Cowboys, you know, in round two of the Cowboys in that divisional round play the Eagles, um, depending on how Jalen Hurts is. And he could be fully healthy, and this could be, you know, just no no point in talking about, but potentially that could be an interesting matchup too. Divisional game, this will be the third time they've played. Uh, so it'll be fun. Joel says, has Debo hit the running bonus? If not, might ask for carries. I don't think he has. So he's still got some room to work as far as getting all of his uh his bonuses and all that. So we'll see. I bleed says, the annoying Cowboy fans won't understand that. And I think they beat the, the best Titans. I live in Texas and man, those fans are annoying. <laughs> Yeah, they probably will. You know, they, they, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, they shouldn't care, you know, that that happens. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, the, the annoyingness, right? You got to understand. Um, Traffic says, I predict 40 yards Cowboys NFC title game. That would mean it's at Levi's. So I would love that traffic. We'll be there. I would, I would love that. I'll be there with you. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Paul says, we'll be weird uh, hoping the Green Bay Packers win so that we get a number two seed this weekend. It is weird and interesting vote, you know, rooting for. You know, teams like Green Bay, teams like the Cowboys last week, like it just doesn't feel right. Um, just doesn't feel right at all. And so uh, Nico says, 40 yards and Cowboys. My younger brother likes the Cowboys. I think it would be Niners and Cowboys or Niners and Eagles. Yeah, I think that's the most likely. You know what I mean? And if you can get that two seed and force Minnesota to come to San Francisco, I think that's important. And as far as, you know, the getting prepared for the playoffs, uh, you want to get the best seed possible. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to, and you can you can hear it in chat right now. The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, you know, looking forward to getting a good seed, and nothing is out of the question. Now, if you watched, you know, cover two with Warren, we went over it. Uh, there's like a 3% chance the 49ers will get the number one seed. You know, Philly would have to lose two games. Uh, Minnesota Vikings would have to lose one, and the 49ers would have to win out. And, you know, that's a lot of things that happen. But is it possible? Yes. And, you know, Trent Williams kind of talked about that a little bit last week when he had his conversation in the locker room with some of the media. And then, you know, Kyle Shanahan has mentioned before, you know, that two seed still being available and then kind of deciding what decisions you make as far as personnel and playing time off of that. I think that the two seed is a real possibility. We've seen Minnesota have to come back from 33 points down against the Colts and then having to make a late, you know, late second field goal to beat the Giants. So, They've got two tough games. Green Bay, like Paul brought up this week, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are playing for their playoff lives. That potentially could be a tough one. And then they've got the Chicago Bears, and you just never know about Justin Fields. So the 49ers have a 60% chance of getting the number two seed and a 30% chance of staying at number three. You would you would think that you know more than likely they're going to be the two seed, uh, that Minnesota will slip up in the next two games. If they do, the 49ers have the best opportunity, especially playing a Jared Stidham-led Raiders and you know potentially a Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley led Arizona Cardinals team. So I think it's still about the 49ers going out there and trying to get the best possible seed they can. And if they can get you know the number two seed, I think that's the best situation. I know most would like to see them get the number one seed so they can have a first round bye, you know, and get the team some rest, which I think is great. But I, I'm looking at those matchups and I'm I'm seeing the way it's working out. I'm thinking a first round matchup. I'm not really worried about any of these teams. Uh, no matter who they are coming to Santa Clara and playing the 49ers. I think the 49ers win in round one. And then in round two, it sets up if you're the two seed that you are potentially going to play Minnesota. That means they have to come to Levi's and play here, which we saw in 2019 isn't always the best for them. Last year, they came in the regular season and got beat. So I think that's good for the 49ers because then they avoid that matchup of Cowboys or Eagles until the NFC Championship game. And if the Cowboys happen to knock off the Eagles, you've got... So like they were saying in chat earlier, the NFC Championship game at Levi Stadium against the Cowboys. And I think that would be really nice. So potentially that's how playoffs, you know, would I would like them to kind of roll out. I think that would be really nice. And what's up, Oscar? How's it going? Welcome to chat. We'll win. Uh, California shot out from, shout out from Merced. Bang, bang, Niner gang. I love Merced down there. Uh, so uh, I'm up north in Lodi. So what's up? How's it going, Oscar? Hope you're uh, having a good time down there in Merced. And uh, Nico says, I'm hoping Jimmy G can start the divisional round. That's how the game is more fun. The fans love Brock too, but he's young. Um, I'm a huge fan of what Brock Purdy's doing right now. I, I do want Jimmy Garoppolo to come back. 
but I'm hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo comes back in a backup capacity. Because if he comes back in a backup capacity, that means Brock Purdy is continuing to play at a high level. And if you look at the numbers, their numbers are eerily similar. Uh, completion percentage, QBR, uh, you know, everything is is pretty similar for them. So I think that right now Brock Purdy would have to slip up and not play well for Jimmy Garoppolo to, you know, retake that starting job. And there's still no guarantees that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back from that foot. So let's hope that Brock Purdy plays at a high level and the 49ers have an opportunity, you know, to win playoff games with Brock Purdy at the helm. What's up, Seth? How's it going? Says those losses to Bears, Broncos, and Falcons, especially frustrating now. Yeah, you know, if you look at it, you would think, man, you know, losing to the Bears uh, and the Broncos and Falcons is terrible. But I think if those losses don't happen, you don't trade for Christian McCaffrey. Because if you win those games, I mean, you have, what, one loss to Kansas City? You're probably not pulling the trigger. And they actually made the trade before the Kansas City um, game. So if you're undefeated at that point because you didn't lose those games, you're not trading for McCaffrey. You feel like you have all the weapons you you need. And so I think that because of those losses, and yeah, they suck. They were bad losses. You end up picking up Christian McCaffrey, and your offense goes from being you know, a 21 point per game to 28 points per game. And now with Brock Purdy at the helm, over 30 points per game. I think it's it's something that's a little a little thing to remember uh, that, that McCaffrey could have came from those losses. Brandon says, hey, do you think Nick Bosa is a reason that Taylor Heineke got benched? I think it's a big reason. Um, if you looked at his numbers, they actually weren't that far off from Brock Purdy. It wasn't like he had a bad game, but it just felt like he had a really bad game. But I think they pressured him. They forced him to throw an interception. Nick Bosa had a strip sack, which really hurt uh, Taylor Heineke. But I think they were kind of leaning that way anyway. Carson Wentz, of course, the you know the big trade. I'm sure there's pressure from ownership to get him out there. And when it comes down to it, I mean, Wentz probably does give him a better chance to win. Um, so do I think Bosa contributed? Absolutely. I think the whole defense did. Um, Donald says, do you sit a quarterback with a hot hand that's like sitting a basketball player with a hot hand? Yeah, you don't. Uh, you roll with what got you there. You roll with what's comfortable. You don't upset the apple cart. So, yeah, I think that's uh, how it's going to be. Um, Paul says, it seems to me that Brock Purdy's pocket presence and calmness is allowing Shannon to have confidence and open up the playbook. It is. And I, I think that also the way he navigates through the pocket, the way he's able to extend plays, the way he's able to get, you know, beat a blitz, get outside and be able to throw a football away. Those things have been really good. Uh, those things can't be measured. Those extended plays and those, you know, off platform throws that Brock Purdy has made to look easy. Um, not, not a lot of quarterbacks in this league can do it. That's the expectation, but you don't always get that. So, I'm I'm very excited about what Purdy adds to this offense, and it's been fun. I believe says Brock and Jimmy may have similar numbers, but Purdy plays with more confidence and is a lot more speed, in my opinion. So Jimmy as a backup is a dream scenario. I think it's a dream scenario as well, and I do agree. You know, I mean, uh, the things that Purdy can do as far as extending plays and also you know a scramble here and there have have been really nice. He's also taking advantage of some of the throws down the field. So I've I've loved what I've seen from Brock Purdy, and you know until he gives a reason, there's no real reason to make a change. Uh, Forkow says I'm not scared of Bills, but got healthy respect for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. The Bills are a pretty good football team, and you have Josh Allen, and he's you know and he's ridiculous. I think where some of those teams have a problem, the Bengals and the Bills, that to go against the 49ers in the Super Bowl is their offensive lines, both offensive lines not wonderful. Um, so the, another goal is going to be to manage these players' workload. So you saw it last week. Christian McCaffrey wasn't a, as big a part of the offense as he was against Seattle, which didn't surprise anyone. You're not going to expect Christian McCaffrey to go out there and have 30-plus touches you know, in the next week's game. I think they're going to continue to manage those you know, uh, workloads. I think they're going to try to keep reps down for some of the key players. And I think that they want to stay sharp, but they also want to make sure they – they keep these guys fresh and healthy over the next couple of weeks because it's all about also protecting your players, making sure that your guys get it, get to the playoffs while getting the reps that they need. So it's going to be interesting to see what exactly the cutups are as far as reps, as far as snaps, and as far as targets you know, for these offensive weapons and also the rotation along the defense. Uh, usually the defensive line does a pretty good job of you know rotation. I wonder how many... Uh, less snaps Nick Bosa is going to get, Eric Armstead is going to get over the next couple weeks. 
The 49ers defensive line is getting more healthy, which means more opportunity to rotate those guys through. You know, how much are we going to see Oren Burks, you know, and some of those guys in the linebacker position? Will we see some Sam Womack? I think that's going to be interesting to monitor over the next couple of weeks as the 49ers look to manage workload and protect their players heading into the playoffs. Because it's all about play, you know, it's all about playoff preparation, getting things the right way so you're ready to roll no matter who you play. So I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it, seeing how Kyle Shanahan handles business. You know, I don't expect any of those, you know, type of things in the first half of games, but definitely in the second half. I think the 49ers are going to go out there and try to execute, you know, and build up pretty significant leads. Because if you have leads, number one, that helps your defense. They're able to you know, really bear down, you know, especially on a Jarrett Stidham or, you know, a Trace McSorley. They can cause all kinds of issues for them and really get after the quarterback. But also, it creates opportunities where you can arrest players where normally you wouldn't be able to. Uh, so I think that is something important that the 49ers are going to continue to work on over the next several weeks. Nico says, uh, that he's telling to Donald Johnson, like I said, good teams stop uh, and stop the Niners defense like the Chiefs or Bills. A lot of teams can't stop the Niners defense because how good the Niners are. Uh, the Niners defense is fantastic. You know, I think Andy Reid came in with a really good game plan and they executed. And I think the 49ers, if they look back on it and watch the film, you know, thought to themselves, we didn't execute at a high level. And they came out and, and had a good game plan. It's okay. You tip your cap to somebody like, hey, you got me. Um, but you savor the flavor because it's not going to happen again. Next time you play us, you're not going to be able to get away with the things that you did, and we're going to be able to execute. So 49ers defense is going to keep the 49ers in every single game. Since that Kansas City loss, they've been lights out. Uh, it has been fantastic. And Ray from Fresno with the subscription, thanks so much, Ray. Welcome to the 49ers Cutback Crew. Really appreciate you joining. Uh, Paul says, if we don't play quality teams, number six won't feel like we earned it. Um, yeah, you always want to uh, play, you know, tough teams, but any team that gets into the tournament, any team that gets into the playoffs, you feel like you've played a tough, a tough team uh, with anything. And, and, you know, coaching through the years, you know, the lots of players and lots of people would always say, oh, I want the toughest teams. I want the, t you want the teams that match up best with you, because when it comes down to it, you worked in this case for the 49ers for over 20 weeks, you know, it's like going to be like 24, 25 weeks when you include training camp. You've worked that whole time for the chance to get into this tournament and win a Super Bowl. Uh, the road that you have to go through, you hope it's the easiest possible. And, and that's just keeping it real. I mean, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I want, you know, I want, uh, you know, I want this team. I want that team. I mean, like last year, you know, I was like, I want the Cowboys. I want the Packers. You know, I want the Rams. Like, I, I want, actually, I wanted Tampa Bay. And you want those things as a fan, like that competitive spirit within you. It's like, we went, we rolled through every tough team. And we won a Super Bowl. But when it comes down to competing, you don't care who you go against as long as it's the best possible scenario for you and you can win a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, uh, no one really remembers all the, team, the teams you went through. They just remember who is holding up the trophy at the end of the year and that you got the ring. And that's what's important, right? I mean, how many in 1994, uh, that, that San Diego Chargers team the 49ers played, that wasn't the best team that they were going to go against. You know what I mean? They they won by upset to get there. So that's the thing. It's like it's it's all about winning. It's all about getting it done. But I get what you're saying, Paul. I mean, you do want to have those. So it's important. Uh, Paul says, hey, Ant, did the 30 and 40 points that the Cowboys and Eagles gave up indicate that the defense is kind of weak? Um, I think we've seen this trend coming from the Cowboys. The Cowboys have consistently given up 20, 20 plus points, you know, over the last like five weeks. Uh, the Eagles also have been trending in that direction. I don't know if they're weak or if they're just struggling or if teams have figured them out. I think that's something to monitor over the next you know, several weeks. Uh, with the Eagles, it's normally about them getting the run game going, shortening games, winning with the, in the trenches, but with a dominant you know, uh, run game and dominant defense. Uh, but so far, it seems like they've kind of you know, split a little bit. So I think there are avenues to be able to attack. I think there are chinks in the armor for both teams. And I think the 49ers can go in and score points on them. I, I'm, I mean, that's one, one of the reasons I'm not scared of the Cowboys. I don't think their defense is good enough. I think their offense is pretty good. Um, but, you know, if you stop their run game, then you put it all on Dak Prescott. And right now, Dak Prescott hasn't proven that he can win big-time games in the playoffs, especially against the 49ers. So I'm not, I'm not really concerned about it, but I definitely think you're right, Paul. It could be showing that they have some weaknesses. 
Uh, Francisco says, I want the Eagles. It's one and done against the Cowgirls. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think it, you, know, you could end up getting the Eagles. And if you play in the Eagles, you're going to be playing them in Philadelphia more than likely. Uh, I don't think that's the best scenario. So that's the reason I would rather play the Cowboys because I want to play at home. I mean, with all things, I'd rather play the home. The 49ers have a better record at home. You're playing in front of the 49ers faithful who's going to be crazy loud at home. It's just better for your defense. We have a great defense and a young uh, starting rookie quarterback. You want the home field advantage. So I, I think that's part of the reason I want it. But I'm not exactly you know concerned about the Eagles. I think it would be one heck of a matchup up front. Talk about Trent, uh, trench warfare. Wow, would that be spectacular? The Eagles offensive line versus the 49ers defensive line, and then the 49ers O-line versus you know, the Eagles D-line. And Indomitian Sue made a decision you know, that he was going to go to the Eagles over the 49ers. The 49ers could make him really regret that decision, couldn't they? So I think that's going to be interesting uh, and a kind of a, a fun matchup that we can watch. And I, I love this. Uh, Randy says Philly is miserable place in January. What's up, Randy Daytona? How's it going? Um, and then uh, Mistaken says, no, let's rock with Brock. Oh, I th they're rocking with Brock. I mean, don't even worry about it. They're rocking with Brock. I mean, and Brock already has played uh, at a high level. You know, there's no reason to make any changes when you're already, you know, rolling like this. And I would say this about anyone. You know, if, if Jimmy would have got hurt, you know, let's let's flip the script. And let's say it was Jimmy was hurt, but Trey was coming in like, you know, last year and then that season and Trey would have got hot. I'd have been like, let's roll with Trey. Uh, you know, if Jimmy would have came in right now for Trey, let's say Trey made it all the way to, you know, week 13. And then Jimmy came in for him and Jimmy was rocking and playing at a high level. Like, let's roll with Jimmy. I just think it's smart football, you know, to roll with a hot hand. And if, you know, there's no reason to make an adjustment and, unless you have to. But I think that's something to remember. Brendan says, are they, are they starting to use McCaffrey as more of a decoy? They used him in every snap in the Seahawks, but then Kittle made huge plays versus Washington. They were expecting McCaffrey to make plays. Yeah, I think it, there are times you use him as a decoy, and then there's times that the defense just comes in, and it's not so much that they're using him as a decoy, but that the defense came in and was taking away Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you're going through your scheme, you just have things like, okay, if they take this away, then this is open. If they take this away, then this is open. That's one of the things that's going to be great when Debo comes back. It's like, you remember that screen pass, or I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, the fake screen pass, fake it over here to Ray Ray McLeod, Fake it to Christian McCaffrey, throw it down the middle to George Kittle. Um, they split that much with Ray Ray McLeod and, and and Christian McCaffrey running it. If that was Debo and Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it's nuts. And that's part of the reason that having those two versatile players together is so dangerous because defenses can come in. And if you come in and you say, you know what? I'm going to take away McCaffrey. I'm going to take away Debo. That's great. You don't have enough bodies to take away those two guys and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, and Juwan Jennings. You just can't do it. The Forriers have too many weapons, and that's where it gets dangerous. So what defenses have to do is like, okay, on this play, you know, it's third down. I'm I'm going to take away George Kittle and, you know, Debo Samuel. And if, you know, if Christian McCaffrey is able to beat us or if Juwan Jennings is able to beat us, they just do. And that's what Kyle Shannon has put them in a real predicament with the way that he's able to handle, you know, offense because of the weapons that they've got around him. This is the most, you know, impressive ensemble of, you know, skill players that Kyle Shanahan I think has ever had in his entire career as a play caller, and that's saying a lot. Um, but that's why you gotta expect them to make do some major damage, and that's why they're trending towards thirty points a game. And if they can keep that trend going, I don't think they're gonna lose in the playoffs if they're averaging twenty eight to thirty points a game. I think that'd be really tough with this defense. Um. Cyrus, what's up, Cyrus? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Always good when Cyrus comes through. Uh, and Francisco says, you don't really use him as a decoy. They just take him away. Uh, hit somebody else's open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, you could use him as a decoy at times, but most of the times you call the plays, understanding they have, they do this and this, and this is open. And, you know, that's one of the things I, I say all the time is, when you're a quarterback, you're not reading a player. Like, I'm not looking for Debo to get open, or I'm not looking for Brandon Ayuk to get open. I'm reading the defense, and the defense is going to tell me who's getting open by what the safety or the corner does. So, you know, if a safety, you know, for instance, on the play that they went deep, it was supposed to be Raven McLeod, and George Kittle gets the interception. That safety stayed, you know, up in the – to take away the, the middle crosser. And as soon as he did that, Brock Purdy knew Raven McLeod could get to the middle of the field, and he threw the football. 
it wasn't so much about seeing someone open as it was about knowing the defense and knowing where someone would be. And that's what's so impressive about what Brock Purdy's doing. Google accounts says Brock seems to throw a better yardage wide receiver tight end instead of finding the easy low yardage check down like Jimmy used to. Yeah, this is something that, you know, I talked about a little bit on cover two with Warren because I felt sometimes like Jimmy was robotic uh, where he made a good read and he made a good throw. Uh, but sometimes if you'd have waited like an extra half a click, right, somebody was coming open somewhere else. That was a bigger play. And I think Purdy does take those chances sometimes uh, when he knows he's got the right defense and the right time and the right protection to go ahead and make a shot down the field or get it a little bit more vertical. And we've seen those pay off for him. Um, I don't think it was bad by Jimmy. It's good football, right? You find an open guy, you get rid of the football. I just think Brock is more, you know, used to and uh, of taking those chances. So um, it's good. And Oscar says BP is going to do it big against the Raiders. Trust me, I believe it's going to be the best game this year. Love that. That's that's fantastic. Nico says defense wins championships. It does. You know, it really does. And what really wins championships is when you play complementary football, offense, defense, and special teams working together. And the defensive, defense, offensive, special teams have been getting better. You guys follow DVOA. It means, I mean, they've been, 40 yards are number one on defense, number one on offense, and they're second in special teams. Pretty ridiculous how good they're getting. And the 40 yards offense overall has creeped into the top 10 now. So we have a number one defense, uh, number one scoring defense, and a number nine scoring offense. That is championship caliber football. Uh, Fort Call says, even though we aren't averaging many yards per rush, McCaffrey poses such a threat. Defense still much respect, and that helps Purdy a lot in the pass game. It does. They still Those linebackers still come up and, and try to stop the run and leave a void. Because if you go ahead and you play six guys or seven guys in the box, Christian McCaffrey has still been getting yards. The 49ers get the most rush yards against heavy boxes of anyone in the league. So they'll still run against eight or more and get positive yards. And if you're able to do that, that really makes it difficult for you. Burns says, if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, do we keep Lance or as quarterback two or trade him? That's a good question. You know what I mean? If Brock Purdy's able to win the Super Bowl, that opens up a whole other scenario. I think first off, you know, you like your quarterback room to have multiple quarterbacks. I mean, Kyle Shannon has proven that, right? They're on their third one this year. You have to have really good football players. So you have two young stud quarterbacks you could continue to develop. You might not trade Trey Lance right now, hold him another year, let him go in there and, and battle and compete. And if something happened to Brock Purdy, and this is only if Brock won the Super Bowl, right? Then you have Trey Lance there to come in and play, you know, play in the play in the offense. I think that's important. That rookie pay scale affords you the opportunity to keep both those guys. Now, they're dirt cheap. And uh you have you could have Trey Lance for three more seasons and Brock Purdy for three more seasons. So it, it works out pretty nice. Uh, like it uh, randy says josh johnson needs to get in there the next two games just in case yeah i think they're hoping i think they're hoping he can come in for you know third quarters and really get some get some playing time in the four yards handle business and, and dominate the way they're they're able to that would be very nice uh i believe says just need to get past the raiders and cards healthy should be easy game so resting starters late in the games is a must it's definitely got a lot easier uh it's definitely got a lot easier with Derek Carr not playing, you know, and them, you know, go ahead and shelving, you know, uh, Chandler Jones and, you know, um, Perryman, the linebacker. That made it a lot easier. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's working out nicely for the 49ers where you don't really have two teams playing for their playoff lives, uh, but just two teams kind of going out there and, and getting through games before they go fishing or go golfing. I think that's good. Google says Stidham versus Purdy coming up Sunday. Uh, I'm a little excited. Yeah, it, it, a matchup we never thought we'd heard at the beginning of the season. You know, who thought we would get to this game? And, I mean, I know I thought it was going to be Derek Carr versus, you know, Trey Lance at the time or, you know, after the injury, you know, versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I never thought I was going to see Jared Stidham versus Brock Purdy. Crazy. What's up, Moses? Welcome to chat. But I got a lot of bets going with Raider fans. Almost started a riot at work. Trash talking to Raider fans. LO, not literally. <laughs> That's funny, Moses. That's funny. You know, the Raider fans that are on my timeline, like on my social media, um, they've flip to betting against their own team. So uh, not a lot of belief in, you know, in Raider Nation that they're going to be able to pull off an upset win against the 49ers. There's still some that are holding out hope, but uh, they're, they're, they're not all of them. Uh, Donald says, Jimmy played well until he got injured, but Brock playing better because he moves around. He uses more of the field more than Jimmy. Yeah, that's the thing. Can't take anything away from Jimmy. Uh, I think Jimmy was playing probably 
the best football that we've seen him play since 2017. Um, you know, and I was very disappointed when he got hurt because, I mean, the offense was rolling pretty good, uh, doing a good job. But, you know, Brock Purdy has definitely come in and, and battled and played well. I've been excited about what he's done. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with Brock Purdy adding something to this offense. Uh, but I definitely love the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo being in meeting rooms, Jimmy Garoppolo being the backup quarterback just in case something happens. I feel really confident that if he had to come in and he was healthy, um, that, you know, he can make something happen. So really good. Travis is top 10 offense with a number one defense. Sounds like a Super Bowl recipe to me. Definitely does. It definitely does. And uh, that's it. Uh, Google Khan says, I have a feeling Josh Johnson is going to get some reps in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. I'm with you. I think we're going to see some Josh Johnson. So I think we're going to see some of the other guys, you know, some of the backups we haven't seen. Probably see a little Colton McKivitz in this game. Uh, maybe we'll see a little Jalen Moore. I think those would be good. Those would be fun, you know, getting some run from Jordan Mason, get some run from TDP. I would love to see that. Maybe even Danny Gray getting a couple of catches. That would be fun. I mean, the other thing to remember, we got Brandon Ayuk 114 yards away from 1,000. Um, you know, we got George Kittle set, you know, to continue his uh, touchdown run. He could get to 10 if he gets a couple in the next two weeks. Uh, Nick Bosa's chasing the Alden Smith record. Uh, Christian McCaffrey only needs, I think it's like 17 yards to go over 1,000 rushing for the season. Of course, that's not all with the Niners, but just on the season, there's a lot of things like that to watch as well. Plus, Brock Purdy can win his fourth straight game. Uh, it, it's interesting. Francis, do you think that if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl that he will have a uh, falling off next year like Nick Foles after the Eagles Super Bowl win, presumably because they had a lot of film on Foles? You, you just don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's going to fall off. I know the thing is the guy's not going to stop working. Um, you know, there's no guarantees for him. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, even if he fell off, I'd be pretty excited about that Super Bowl victory. It's been eluding us for a long time. You know, 1995 was a long time ago. Um, there is potential always, right, for a sophomore slump, but just don't know. So far, you know, there is film on Brock Purdy. They haven't been able to figure him out yet. He continues to... Play at the level that he's been playing. It's been pretty nice. I believe I couldn't get a Raiders fan to bet me even with a 10-point spread. Yeah, that's Raider fans are they're 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 coming they're becoming smart. If Derek Carr would have been playing, might have been able to get that. Uh, but without him, I just don't think so. Paul says with Jimmy playing better and Brock doing well, our new quarterback coach may be the secret sauce. Yeah, right. I mean, that was part of the thing. Uh Brian Greasy, they were giving a lot of a lot of grief to Kyle Shanahan for going out and getting Brian Gracie with no coaching experience. You know, he's only been you know, being a commentator. He doesn't, he has no coaching experience. Like, why would you hire this guy to work with Trey Lance? Like, why would you do this? Uh, you, you need to get somebody that has coaching experience. And then look what happened. I mean, the, the improvements from everybody has been drastic. And I think that's, you know, you, it's really nice. Plus you throw in Clay Kubiak also as, you know, helping out in the quarterback room. They got a really good room, uh, smart individuals. And you've seen the successes on the field between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. And the things that Brock Purdy was struggling with in training camp, he's not now. He's made a lot of improvements. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And uh, uh, Forktall's feeling bad for Las Vegas. He says there's such a hot mess. I almost feel pity for the beat down there about to get. Love it. Uh, Herman says, hey, Ant, what happens with Mason with, when Mitchell comes back? I think Mason will take a little bit of a backseat to uh, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell was coming in in you know the third quarter and he was really had that Mason role, maybe an extended Mason role. So I think there will be some carries taken away from Mason. My questions are going to be when we get to four minute drill. Uh, normally you would see Christian McCaffrey on the field some. I wonder if that is full Mitch Mitchell and Mason time. Uh, Mason has been slamming the door on teams. He's been getting big runs, coming up with the pivotal first downs. I wonder if Kyle Shanahan still rolls with Jordan Mason in those situations. So I think he could still uh, carve out a role, um, but I do think he's going to somewhat take a backseat to Mitchell. Mitchell's ability to run the outside zone and kind of run, you know, the pitch plays and things like that are a little bit farther advanced than Jordan Mason right now. I think Mason's continued to develop, and I like where he's going to be in the next, you know, several years. Uh, so I like him as part of this team and actually love that McCaffrey, uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason group because I think they're all three very distinctively different running backs and have different running styles, which means you can run power run scheme, you can run outside zone, you can get into your toss game. It gives you a lot of variety. The only thing that Mitchell brings that we haven't seen Mason used in so far 
is the passing game. And maybe that's because they're still waiting for him to develop. I know he has the hands, but uh, something interesting to watch. But I love that group of those together. And Jan says, is this Revenge Tour 4.0? Hopefully not. I'm so done with the Revenge Tour for sure. Uh, yeah, and um, Google says the team with a good record that you can potentially assume the Raiders will beat is the Cowboys because they're so inconsistent. The Cowboys and Niners are not the same. You're right, they're not. They're not. And JLE says, yeah, uh, Brandon Ayuk, a, a juke, almost a 1K receiving. Francisco says, can't really figure out Purdy out. He just runs the offense as intended. He does. He makes plays. It's, it's fantastic to watch. It, it really is. And, you know, uh, Fort Call says, Al Davis' son needs to sell uh, to a competent person. Well, you know, they're running out of money. So that I know they're not going to want to sell, but at some point they may be forced to do so. Uh, BB50 said, Ant, what's happening? Do you think the Raiders would be a good landing spot for Jimmy G next year? It, it could be, right? You have the connections, you know, um, there with the coaching staff. That's potential. Josh McDaniels, you know, work with him a lot. Um, they're going to make a move at quarterback. I don't think they plan on playing, paying Derek Carr $40 million next year. Question's going to be, what will that mean for Devontae Adams? How much pressure is he going to put on the front office to keep Derek Carr there? Uh, so I think that's a potential landing spot. I think the Jets are a potential landing spot. I still think Washington Commanders are a potential landing spot for Jimmy G. I think there's going to be some, uh, you know, places where he can go and and be. Um, but when it comes down to it, um, you know, I think Derek Carr might be out there on the market too, so that can change some things as well. And uh, we got a, a super chat from Google Account. Thanks so much, uh, Google Account. Says couldn't join the victory stream last Saturday. Here's a donation for the amount of points that Kami scored. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Ant. Really appreciate that. And Chris Bean just subscribed. Thanks so much, Chris Bean. Or Bean, welcome to the Cutback Crew. Yeah, Google account, I really appreciate that. It was it was a fun stream, too. We were really enjoying talking 49ers football after that big win. Um, really enjoyed it. And what's up, Jess? Welcome to chat. And Chris, who just subscribed, said Brock said in the presser, it was Brian Greasy who reached out to him before the draft. Uh, that that yeah that just shows right i mean that shows who uh greasy is and i remember greasy said he had kind of reached out to jimmy and that was before jimmy was even going to be a part of this roster so uh i think that you know he's he's a good coach he's been in those situations he's been in those pockets he's seen those adjustments defenses make and he can relate those to a quarterback you know with real-time intelligence and then you've got you know kubiak who comes from a coaching mindset and the way that he sees things I think it's really nice, you know, the way that they're going about it with those those uh those guys working together. And I, I fully expect Kubiak to probably his brother could join him potentially next year in San Francisco, especially if D'Amico leaves. Who knows who D'Amico takes with them? But you've got a couple of guys Kyle Shanahan would be interested in, you know, and, and that's the thing, is like there's some guys, you know, that maybe he's gonna bring from that Denver Broncos coaching staff because they ran a very similar system there. Um Let's see. Randy says Niners are going to have Eli, CMC, Mason, Trey, and Brock next season. But we have to leave two stallions in the barn most of the time. Trade may happen. It's always a possibility, especially if somebody offers, you know, everything. The the whole kit and caboodle, you have to go ahead and take it. So, um, I, I mean, it's it's always a possible they could get trade. Randy says he, he got hurt running, though. I would be terrible at running back. Uh, WTM says, what's the prediction for Elijah Mitchell return? I think they open this practice window as early as tomorrow uh, and as late as next month or next uh, Wednesday. And then I think he practices next week and Elijah Mitchell plays limited snaps against Arizona. So that way he can get reacclimated into this offense. And now when they go into the playoffs, they know what the rotation is going to look like. And that's going to be a big part of the 49ers playoff preparation. Herman, <laughs> with the question of the day, how many arrests happen in this game? Hopefully not a lot. Uh, it's supposed to be, you know, 60% San Francisco 49er fans. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't. But, I mean, right, it, it's like uh, it's like they say in 40-Year-Old um, Virgin, you know, today's forecast, dark and cloudy with chance of drive-by. I mean, that's, you, you always got that, that risk and that possibility. But hopefully everyone just has a good time. Um, it's not in Oakland. Uh, a little a little fun story about me. I went to watch a Saints Raiders game. I had friends that were Saints fans, and then another one that was a Raiders fan. And I thought, hey, I'll go to the game, whatever. Uh, Drew Brees was playing, so hey, let's go check out the Saints. Let's see what they're about. And uh, I'm I ride Bart, and I get off Bart, and somebody recognizes me. They know I'm a 49er fan. I'm not wearing anything 49ers. Uh, didn't want to put that kind of attention, but I get off Bart, and someone recognizes me. Hey, hey, hey. 
Ant, what are you doing here? Uh, this guy's a Niner fan, and the entire BART station turns into absolute boo birds and just starts booing me out of the place. It was a lot of fun. I had fun with it. Everyone was cool, uh, luckily. But uh, yeah, just you know, make sure you, make sure you stay safe out there if you're going to the game. It's crazy. Uh, Jan says Kubiak sounds Alaskan. Yeah, his dad was a heck of a coach. Um, you know, and uh, played you know behind John Elway, and you know Kubiak was a was a good dude for a long time. He's a part of the 49ers organization. Moses says you have to agree. Um, 49ers are are Raiders' daddy. Uh, they're definitely playing well. The last time the 49ers played, they beat them 35-3. Um, and Jay Ellie's excited, celebrating an FSU touchdown. Whew, I'm missing it, Jay Ellie. I'm missing it. Traffic says one thing I can appreciate by the way, appreciate by the way, is if Jimmy G comes back healthy, you don't gotta question his commitment to the team being a backup, how he handled trade situation. I've got no doubt with his loyalty. I got a lot of respect for Jimmy G. Jimmy G has handled every situation that's been put in his way as a pro. Uh, the way he handled Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, the way he handles going to every meeting, the way his, you know, his agent came out and said three months he wasn't going to be ready yet. He's still in every meeting. He's still working. He's still training. I love that. He did not give up on his football team, and I love that. Uh, Paul says, do whatever we need to keep D'Amico. Yeah, I don't know what they could do. I don't know what kind of bag of cash they could drop on his, his desk. Um, but I do think D'Amico is going to be very cautious with what job he picks. I don't think he's just going to take any gig. He's going in there looking for the right situation. He's he's a smart guy. He understands you have to have a good quarterback. Uh, that's why I don't know if Denver's really appealing to him. You're saddled with Russell Wilson for the next you know several years. You can't cut him. You're going to take on a huge a huge hit. So um, I think that and Randy Daytona points out the most serious thing: Raider on Raider. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> you're exactly right. Google Consoles, I'll be at the game this Sunday, hoping to get hoping to get in a drunk fist fight. Apparently, they amp up security for these Niners Raider games. Yeah, I mean, it was right. They they cut them out for a while. They said the Niners and Raiders couldn't play each other in preseason after the, you know, some of the stuff that happened in the stands. So it, it, hopefully it doesn't. And Jan says, Did you do the simulation? Yes. So I have recorded the simulation as far as off of Madden. I still have to add the commentary. Um, so, you know, we're going to be doing commentary. If I get it done tonight, I'll post it tonight. If I don't, then I'll post it tomorrow. But yeah, the simulation will be coming out and um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Google count. What's the last time we played the Raiders? The Nick Mullins Kittle butt whooping. It was. Uh, that was the funny part is I was on John Chapman's Patreon yesterday. And it was me, him and uh, 40 or shorts 365. And we were talking about um you know with score predictions and for fun i mean it was right after we heard that jared stidham was going to start for fun i said as an homage to uh nick mullins i got 49ers 35 to 3 <laughs> i just couldn't uh wtm says any kalia davis updates no um fully don't expect kalia davis to come back this year i think this was all about practicing getting a few weeks in seeing where he's at with the knee seeing how the knee responds and then you know gearing him up for next year I think it was always the plan to keep him on the NFI until next year. But the good news is he's going out there. He's handling business and we'll see what kind of work Chris Cassare can get him in uh, and through. And then he'll be ready to go for training camp next year. And the four years will have a, a defensive tackle already on the books because right now, you know, they have four guys that are going to be free agents next year. The other says, Oh yeah. Waiting for that Madden sim. It's a good one too. Uh, it's a good one. And, and, you know, once I do commentary, it'll be a lot funner, but I'm really, really excited for it. And, Hey guys, thanks so much for coming through the live stream. I had a lot of fun. Chat, you guys were on fire. Uh, thank you all for what, everything you've done for the channel. The channel's been blowing up recently, and I really appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and sign off now, but it was a great chat. Looking forward to more conversations with you over the next several days. And of course, join me for the live reaction show after the 49ers versus Raiders game. We can have a fun conversation there too. Uh, so thanks everyone so much. And Jaylee's want to know, 49 spot on the Raiders? Well, you'll have to wait for that uh, Madden sim for that, JLE. But until next time, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.